0: Welcome to Sacred Realms. It's a great day in Hyrule, y'all. Welcome to Sacred Realms, a Zelda retrospective podcast. I'm your host, Lyndon Willoughby, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Matt Willoughby. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Well, Lyndon, I'm pretty good. We just went through 20-ish minutes of troubleshooting some technology issues, but now that we're here and ready to go, I'm always ready to have a good time. So let's talk some Zelda, some Fire Temples, some dragons, and uh, we've got a fun guest on today. All that fun stuff, yes, uh, indeed, we have a wonderful guest on today. We've been excited to have her on for quite a while. Um, we are joined by Sam O'Neill, aka Nintendo Fangirl. Sam, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, no problem. I'm always happy to talk about Zelda. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that kind of comes with being a Nintendo Fangirl, as is like your social media yeah,
1: presence. it's definitely part of the term. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sure.
0: right there in the name tough to get around mm-hmm. yeah and your your social media uh, generally speaks to a general um love of talking all about zelda all the or uh, nintendo in general all the time which i have to say uh as a follower of yours for quite a while now i uh always get a kick out of your various twitter posts videos that you decide to share um <laughs> and your your commentary on uh, specifically the SNL skit the other night with uh, wonderful Elon Musk, <laughs> Elon Musk. Uh,
1: at least one and a half thumbs down but, from me on that. I one, would
0: I d- tend to agree. I thought that fell more than flat. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe if
1: it was a Zelda skit though.
0: Maybe I don't know. I'm trying to think. Maybe he'd be probably good not. <laughs> maybe I heard it had. Oh, I, I heard it had that awesome like. Uh, Greetings, fellow youths, kind of vibe, like (laughs) yes, okay,
1: exactly that. Good.
0: (laughs) When did that ever not work? Uh, No. Okay. Um, So, as Matt said, he and I have both followed you online for quite a while. You've been uh, you've been making videos. You've been online, um, you know, for a decent chunk of time now. So, a lot of people know who you are. But for anybody who doesn't, uh, tell us a little bit about you. Um, Who is Nintendo fangirl? What What do you do?
1: Sure. So I still call myself a YouTuber, although I would would say I'm a pretty infrequent uploader at this point. So youtube.com slash Nintendo fangirl. I just like to talk about Nintendo and uh, recent releases. I'm a Nintendo brand ambassador, so I do work with Nintendo um, in terms of just getting to talk about new releases all the time, which is great. Uh, I'm active on Twitter. Uh, I'm active on TikTok now. Stay up up to date with the the kids these days. Um, and I have been around, I've been like on YouTube since 2006, I think. So, and before I was on YouTube, I actually went by Zelda Master 101 oh, Dang! on the Insider Forum. Wow, so.
0: okay. So, I think that I first uh, stumbled across your channel in 2011 sometime. It would have been right around when Skyward Sword came out.
1: Back before they were really gaming YouTubers, I was there just talking about Nintendo stuff. <laughs>
0: yeah, making videos for people, yeah, yeah. Um, so we had Kylie Parker on a few weeks ago, and I you, mm-hmm. you know her yeah um, yep, and she is also a Nintendo brand ambassador, and she was talking about that just a little bit. Can you tell us what what it's like to become a Nintendo brand ambassador, like what your responsibilities are, what that yes. whole situation is? because i I still don't understand it very clearly.
1: It's quite low pressure. It's like an invite only program that's basically just Nintendo's PR team recognizes that you talk about Nintendo a lot. And so they help hook you up with games. It's kind of like if you were in a media role um, getting game copies for review, except they recognize that we aren't necessarily reviewing games. So it's similar to that.
0: I mean, all in all, it sounds like a pretty fun gig.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I've been an ambassador for... Uh, since 2011, I think. Mm -hmm. So Ocarina of Time 3D is actually one of the very few Mm -hmm. games that I ever got pre-launch.
0: Nice. That's really awesome. So tell me, as somebody who gets free merch from Nintendo, exactly (laughs) how many special edition consoles do you have just laying around the place?
1: Oh, so uh, this is not a good plug for the brand ambassador program, but I have, uh, I have all the Zelda three DS's and I bought them myself Okay, because yeah, I have no self control when it comes to that stuff. If there's a Zelda switch, you know, I'm getting that. Oh, for sure. and yeah. Yeah. So the consoles I have not, uh, I I think my switch light was a freebie. So thank you Nintendo for that. But
0: if you're only, if you're only going to get one, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. I love my switch light.
0: I mean the Switch overall is probably one of the best Nintendo consoles
1: ever. Just like Switch, as far as yeah.
0: versatility, usability and uh game library is like it's awesome. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Switch For sure. is my favorite Nintendo console. I'm I'm at this point in its life cycle, I'm I think I'm ready to say that.
1: There's so much good redeeming stuff on oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And only more coming, right? Yeah, I was gonna say. Yep. Who knows when that's gonna happen? We don't. Does Nintendo? Who knows, but it's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who
1: knows? It's
0: coming eventually. TM.
1: Hopefully soon. Yeah. Uh,
0: where can people follow you, Sam?
1: So I'm really easy to find. If you Google Nintendo Fangirl, you'll find a bunch of results, and usually I'm on the top of them. So I'm on Twitter. I'm active. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, uh, TikTok. That's probably all of them. I don't know. <laughs> there could be
0: more. What do you do on TikTok? I know it's like the short videos, right? But like specifically, what yeah. do you do on TikTok? Like- well,
1: so TikTok's really interesting because uh, when it takes too long to make a YouTube video, because I, t- I make really long form YouTube videos. I typically spend an hour talking to the camera and then I have to cut it down to under 10 minutes and it takes a long time. So TikToks are really fun because I just record on the spot and I talk about some of my favorite games. I give shout outs to like five Switch games that I recommend or my top 10 Zelda games, things Mm -hmm. like that. I really enjoy it. Cool.
0: So, one question we have asked every guest so far, I think, is Mm -hmm. uh, what Zelda games have you played? Which one Mm -hmm. of those is your favorite? And if you're brave, which is your least favorite?
1: So, uh, I've played, I've at least touched every Zelda game. Um, the three games that I haven't finished are both of the Oracle games and Zelda two. Okay.
0: that's Um, I feel like everyone's going to say Zelda two when we ask them this question. Yeah. Except Cody. Yeah. Except Cody.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's not my favorite, but, um, favorite Zelda game by far is wind waker. That's like the one that hasn't moved around on my list. A bunch of the others, depending on when I play them, I move up or down. Um, I actually have almost the exact same top, not in the same order, but the same top five games that Cody had last week. So just by chance, as far as I'm aware. Um, But Wind Waker, I think, just has the best call to adventure, the best world building. It's so fun. Yeah. And it's got the best soundtrack. I just love Wind Waker so much.
0: So I feel like every episode that we've done up until now, and every one that we do before we play Wind Waker, the subtext is just like the infinite Get Matt Hyped on Wind Waker project.
1: <laughs> it's so or good. when he actually
0: plays it. It's, it's, it's equal parts Get Matt Hyped and also shame Matt for not having played it at this point. So, uh, you know, it's a little bit of both, but I'll take it. And I, I am so incredibly excited to play Wind Waker. Selfishly, I hope that it is not the next 3D game we play. You know, obviously our next game is going to be a top down. I really, really hope our next 3D game is going to be Skyward Sword because the remaster is coming out almost exactly at the time we're going to start recording uh, our third uh, season, I guess we'll call it. So since our listeners are voting on what games we play and in what order, I would say that your chances of playing Skyward Sword soon are, are not great. Just about zero. Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. <laughs>
1: Well, for what it counts, I like Skyward Sword. Yes. I put it in my top five. Yes. It's my number four game. I, so I think it has the best story of any Zelda see, game. she
0: gets it. Okay, and you... I love oh, Skyward Sword. That's Thank that's you. Yeah. Somebody gets it.
1: Oh, but my least favorite yes, yes, Zelda least favorite. game. Please, So I think the easy answer is Zelda 2, but I won't count that since I didn't finish it. But like, I didn't finish it because I hated it. <laughs> so to be that's blunt, okay. I think Zelda 2 is not a very good game. Uh, out of the games that I actually did Play and finish. I think I would probably say Spirit Tracks. Um, Not that it's a bad game by any means. I actually think it also has one of the best soundtracks out of any Zelda game. There's a bunch of songs that came from that that are just so good. But uh, it kind of like, I really liked Phantom Hourglass um, for what it is. And I felt like Spirit Tracks was kind of Nintendo saying, like, Phantom Hourglass was good. Let's just do more Phantom Hourglass, but different. And I could do without it, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I think those two games are very classic Nintendo, realizing that they have a kind of cool gimmick around whatever their platform is of the time and just leaning really hard into that. And I feel like for most Zelda games, that only lasts for one game, really. Like, with. Skyward Skyward Sword Sword. it was the motion controls and so maybe not limiting it to Zelda though I mean like Mario Uh, Mario Odyssey had some very like Joy-Con specific stuff that it did and but anyway with Phantom Hourglass Spirit Tracks you've got the DS and Nintendo feeling really feisty with the whole um stylus movement deal and and it's not my favorite thing in the world but it's the primary reason I haven't played either of those games it's fair I feel like when we do get around to those, I'm going to hate it for a few days <laughs> and then I'll kind of get over it and hopefully be able to enjoy those games like on their own merits free from that. So, I mean, that's kind of the hope, right, is is as we review these somewhat objectively, right? I mean, we all have a little bit of nostalgia when it comes to Zelda is that you can get past the overtly bad things right and just talk about the game as it's as itself the the one thing or the, i guess the two games that i am very nervous about being able to do that is uh zelda and zelda 2 uh because yeah nes yeah. games man <laughs> Espe- well, especially early i NES
1: considered like, i considered saying zelda 1 for my least favorite. Yeah. And I thought maybe somebody would come for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, but I think, so I start the first Zelda game I ever played was Wind Waker. And then I went backwards from there. So I did Wind Waker then Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. And, um, so I think that nostalgia factor is just not there for me. So playing Zelda one mm-hmm. now is like, yeah, this is a nice little novelty, but. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think what we've learned talking to several different people is that If you are a child born before a certain time, then those games just really don't hit for you at all. So, excellent. I'm going to go ahead and get into some housekeeping here. If you guys didn't know, this is Sacred Realms, a weekly re-examination of The Legend of Zelda, one little slice at a time. Sacred Realms drops every Wednesday and is available on all major podcast networks, we're pretty sure. Every week, we play a new section of a Zelda game, Then we sit down here to talk and to drop our hot takes. If that sounds at all fun to you, please head over to Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can hit that subscribe button. Be sure to leave us a review. That's very helpful for us in particular five-star reviews. Uh, The more of those that we get, the more people see the podcast and that just makes us, uh, makes us thrilled. Also, I do have to say, Apple is kind of changing the way that they uh word all of this stuff within their podcast app. I think subscribe no longer means you just follow. I think that's like a paid thing now. So I think it's follow on Apple Podcasts. But anyway, also if you leave us a review, please don't make fun of the way that I say NavI or Navi. <laughs> Most of them have something about me pronouncing things wrong. Yeah, a few of you guys have done that, and Matt feels very targeted. I mean, a bit. He cried. <laughs> I did not. Thank you. <laughs> You can you can roast Matt to uh, to whatever extent you feel is appropriate in our just as long as it's five stars. I don't care. I mean, you could say whatever you want. Yeah. If it's five stars, you can roast the way that I say Navi, Navi, whatever. If it's four stars or less. (laughs) No, you could you could copy and paste the Chili's menu under a five star review. (laughs) And I would I would take it.
1: Somebody will do that. Oh, I
0: really hope so. That would be hilarious. <laughs> to whoever they that. will get a shout out if they do that. Whoever does it first gets a shout out. <laughs> to whoever that hero <laughs> is, we we thank you for your service. If you want more Sacred Realms in your life, you can head on over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspod. And there you can get access to bonus episodes. You can write in listener mail. You can vote on what game we play next and much, much more. I do want to make one note on that real quick. Um, We have got a lot of people in the Patreon who are there for the trading cards, and we really appreciate you guys because those are a lot of fun to make. Uh, We don't have a lot of engagement on the other stuff, so we are opening up the benefit where you can vote on the next game we play for anybody of any tier, and they start real low. So if you like this show and you want to vote on what game we play next, that is available to all Patreon levels at this point so and get in there control our lives we're going to open that up shortly i think um with a curated selection of 2d zelda games it's not going to be every 2d zelda game in the portfolio we're going to have a few Mm -hmm. i think like five between five to seven yeah so as we've said before we're going to bounce back and forth from 3d to top down games um and back and forth and back and forth and the next one we play is going to be a top down game And I think that poll is going to go live in the Patreon by the time next week's episode airs. So it will be live at that point and we'll leave it open for voting until we uh, hit the last episode of Ocarina of Time. So there will be a little bit of time to get on that. Um, So, yeah, go get at it. Tell us what we're going to play. Uh, One extra note real quick. By the time you guys are listening to this, our poster giveaway will have been completed. Uh, The deadline will have come down and we'll know who's getting some free posters. So if you entered into that contest, be sure to check your emails and we'll reach out to you and let you know that it's coming.
1: Can you put a little like a tingle gif of him throwing confetti (laughs) for the winner's email?
0: Maybe I'll like do a little... uh, A little, a little tingle sketch and just drop it in the poster tube. You should know. know, Oh, you're really cute. And then whoever gets that can uh, keep it forever and maybe sell it for millions of dollars. And yeah, I think you think of yourself a little too highly there. No. Okay. Oh, by the way, about the trading cards, those will be shipping out shortly. Uh, We got them in recently, so we're going to start working on getting those out to those of you who uh, signed up for our first month of Patreon. And this, uh, if you did sign up for the first month of Patreon, you get two, and they are gorgeous. So, look forward Uh to that. He compliments me so rarely. I mean, you (laughs) You make it hard. Okay. Without further ado, let's talk about what we played. This is the Sacred Realms Rundown. It's a six-part analysis of what we played this week and the feelings that it made us feel. Today, we're covering Ocarina of Time, Chapter 5, which includes the Fire Temple. And part one is usually the plot recap as read by Matt. However, we're, we're stepping into the dark world today. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> we're actually <laughs> we're recording um, another bonus episode after we get done with this one, and I gave Matt the reins on that. He's going to be hosting it. So the trade-off is that I get to read the plot recap this week, so you're stuck with me. And if I'm worse in every conceivable way than Matthew is, then maybe keep it to yourself, but also tell us so that we don't make this horrible mistake ever again. No, with a five-star review, you can roast Lyndon all you want this time. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take it away, Lyndon. The plot recap, as read by Matt, except not. After freeing Saria from the evil forces holding the Forest Temple ensnared, we set out to free the remaining sages so that we may confront the evil king Ganondorf. Our attention is directed by Navi to the sinister wheel of flame hovering over Death Mountain. We make the climb back to Goron City, which we find to be eerily deserted. One lone Goron rolls endlessly around the upper levels, however. Using a little combustible persuasion, goes boom. We are able to slow his roll, and we learn that this is Link of the Gorons, son of Darunia, named in our honor. He tells us that Darunia defied Ganondorf after his rise to power, and in retribution, the Goron people have been imprisoned in the Fire Temple by the evil king. Further, Ganondorf has resurrected the evil dragon Volvagia and intends to feed the Goron people to her. Darunia has gone to the temple to stop this from happening, and Link the Goron begs us for help. Clad in a red tunic given by Link the Goron, we head to the unlivable Death Mountain Crater, where we again meet and play a killer duet with Sheik. Upon entering the temple, we meet Darunia, who is off to fight the dragon. He begs us to free his people who are held in the temple, and without another word, walks through the door into Volvagia's chamber. I keep, <laughs> I read Volvagia's name and I keep wanting to say Velvita, and that's not right.
1: So... <laughs> that's pretty good though yeah i know
0: yeah uh (laughs) cool that was great we make our way heroically through the temple and free what appears to be the only six or seven gorons in existence like that's all of them cool yeah along the way we find the mythical megaton hammer which legend says was used by an ancient goron hero to defeat the dragon with all the gorons freed we carry the hammer to the boss's lair and follow after darunia We're met inside by the colossal fire dragon, Volvagia, and after fierce combat and a killer game of whack-a-mole, the beast is vanquished. We step into the beam of light left behind and are taken once again to the chamber of sages to meet our sworn brother, Darunia. He gives us the fire medallion and again affirms his sacred brother's bond to Link. Two sages down and three To go. And that has been the plot recap as read by me. I hope it didn't make your ears bleed. I mean, it was fine, a pale imitation of the excellence (laughs) that is normally on this section, but we'll give it a passing grade this time. Okay, thank you. You're too kind. (laughs) Um, Part two is uh, our takes where we talk about what we played this week. And Sam, I want to open it up with you. Um, What are your thoughts on this section of the game? I think personally, Matt and I both found it to be. A little brief didn't have quite as much substance to it as some of the other, you know, parts that we've done. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think same. I think brief is one word for it. Uh, Straightforward, I think, is another. It's just a very cut and dry, like, here's your dungeon. This is what you have to do in it. All right, good job. Like, the Gorons are happy now. (laughs) But I mean, but I really like what it is for, like, world building and establishing like that whole area and you get to free death mountain of its scary smoke. So it's That's cool. true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, um, as you said, the, the only six or seven Gorons in existence, uh, except for the one that was left in the shop. Um, I don't know if you guys like wandered around Goron city after all the doors opened up, but that the shopkeeper's still in there. Uh, So not every Goron got kidnapped. I guess that's good. Or maybe Ganondorf just uh, isn't very detail oriented. Um, Also, you have the big giant Goron who sells you the giant's knife. He's still hanging around, although I'd love to see anyone try to kidnap that guy. Mm. He's uh, he's a little chunky. (laughs) Also, of all the Gorons we rescued, I don't think any of them were female. Well, okay. so the Gorons, maybe maybe they just all look the same. I mean,
1: yeah, that's all I've come up with at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Who knows? Or
0: maybe, like Gimli said, they just spring out of holes in the ground. Right. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, they're so similar in voice and appearance <laughs> that they're often mistaken for dwarf men. <laughs> it's the beards. <laughs> uh, we love Lord of the Rings. We watch we watch those once a year. If you if you couldn't tell, that's a thing yes. of ours. Yes. We love those. I also do. <sighs> See, this is why we like Sam. It's a good. It's a It's a good way to spend twelve hours one Saturday, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Easily. Easily. Yeah. So straightforward, I guess, is a much kinder way to kind of put this. It's not like I didn't have fun with it. I really did. Um, and I actually managed to stretch this out just a little bit further than I think you did this week, Matt. Yeah. Because I did a few of the side questy things that you did last week, Mm -hmm. this week. So, so all that is to say that I did a little bit more than just the story stuff and I got a little bit more out of that so yeah one thing i noticed kind of keenly in this part that i really haven't noticed too much throughout the rest of the game is just how frequently navi navi um pings you about getting back on to the main quest like if you if you wander around for more than like two and a half three minutes she's like hey listen and i'm like girl (laughs) i know i believe me you've told me about death mountain 10 times in the last 30 minutes. I don't need you to tell me again. I'm just kind of wandering around. Leave me alone. Did you guys
1: feel that at all this time? I feel like she was actually doing that to me within the dungeon more than I remember. Mm -hmm. So uh, background info is I booted up my game for the first time in several years and I happened to be right up. Fire temple, so I didn't have to play the pursuit. It's like it was meant to be (laughs)
0: fortuitous,
1: (laughs) I know. So, but while I was playing, like I was literally on the path and going the way that I was supposed to be going, and I felt like Navi kept pinging me, like, Oh, do you need help? Like, maybe you should call Saria, which I realized after the fact was because I didn't do the forest temple yet. (laughs) 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 So Navi was, like, really annoyed that I was in the Fire Temple without contacting Saria about it. Well,
0: that's fair. I I would kind of be annoyed if you were going doing things out of order as well. Saria is just kind of chilling in the Forest Temple watching you go save Darunio. Like, Mm -hmm. what the heck? First, you chucked that ocarina that I gave you. It was real special, (laughs) and you threw it away, and now you're just going to leave me here while you go save your other guy.
1: The really funny thing is—well, first of all, I should— uh, preface this by saying, I have just a god awful memory. It's not good in general. Um, hard, hard And shame. I remember like, I remember feelings from games. I remember like specific cutscenes and things that made me uh, feel emotions, but I don't usually remember like pathways and things like mm-hmm. that. And so I booted this up and I saw at the time when I booted it up, I saw I had to do the Forest Temple and then the Fire Temple. You can just go to the Fire Temple, but in my head, I was going to do the Forest Temple first and I went to the Lost Woods. And I went through uh, the stone archways, and there I was in Goron City. And I was like, oh, I forgot that you could even get to here from the Lost Woods. So then I just went right into the Fire Temple and did that. But like, I didn't even remember there was a connection there. In my head, I was going to do the Forest Temple in the first place. It
0: does kind of make me wonder, because the game, when you become Adult Link, it, it does signpost you pretty aggressively towards going straight to the Forest Temple, But also, when you come out of the Temple of Time, the big ring of fire around Death Mountain is one of the first things you see. Very eye-catching. Yeah. So, it makes me wonder if there were a decent chunk of people who were so curious about what was going on up there that they just kind of just headed on up that way after getting... Hook shot, but I guess you still have to get the hook shot first, so you, you sh- yeah, you absolutely have to get the hook shot first because yeah. you have to get across that broken bridge. And yeah. I'm curious though, because you talk to Sheik in the sword chamber of the Temple of Time, and she tells he, she, they tell you to go <laughs> spoilers. to spoilers, tells you to go to um the forest for your first like gig and then. They are also uh, in the Death Mountain Crater. If you go there first, like is Sheik just kind of around all the time everywhere or did. So I guess the yep. question being, did Sheik teach you the the oh the, the fire song? What The Bolero, Bolero. fire. Yes. Bolero. Bolero fire.
1: Yep. Yep. So that was actually the first indication that I realized that I skipped the Forest Temple in the first place. I had multiple save files and I didn't remember which one I booted up. And when I got Bolero Fire, I looked in my songs and I realized I didn't have the minuet of Forest or whatever it's called. And I was like, yeah. oh, mm-hmm. I think I did something out of order. But it was fine. It was okay.
0: <laughs> but that says something really interesting about the way that Nintendo codes these games. Because I was curious as soon as we started talking about this, about whether you could learn the Bolero of Fire if you hadn't previously beaten the forest temple and gotten. Yes,
1: you can.
0: the menu. Okay. So that's interesting. That's very interesting. I feel like, and, and I, I granted, I've never been the kind of person to do a whole lot of um, like speed runs or game breaking stuff. Like I understand why people are interested in that, but it, it's never, it's never really grabbed me all that much, but those people who do that kind of thing stumble across these weird interactions all the time. Like doing stuff out of order and um, finding the seams in the progression of the game, like doing something before you're supposed to do something else. And like, it's it's fascinating. So I want to say real quick that Link is way too good at playing the ocarina in like a a concerto duet format for a guy who's Mm -hmm. only had an ocarina for like a week. I mean, that's a really good point. He immediately picks it up. I mean, I guess you might can assume that at some point he was playing the ocarina while he was living in the Lost Woods. Uh, But I mean, even from the very beginning, when Saria teaches him Saria's song, he's just like picks it right up and boom, there he goes. See, my headcanon is that Link is just like a musical prodigy. And you could have given him any old instrument, and he would have made it work. Because he goes on into Majora's Mask and has like all the instruments. So he knows how to play them all. So he's basically just Mozart. Yeah, yeah, I can get behind yeah. that. I have a note actually about Sheik, uh, uh, kind of in um, line with uh, what we were talking about. Sheik just kind of hanging around. Um, Sheik does not have a Goron tunic, and not only was <laughs> was she he standing. On the rim of Death Mountain, presumably, jumped into the crater from what I can only assume is 100 plus feet, lands super gracefully on this wooden bridge, which somehow doesn't combust while it's literally <laughs> 30 feet over some lava. She he pr- pr- uh, proceeds to literally stand there and play the harp in a killer duet with you for, like, which you could probably assume would be at least a couple of minutes, and uh, does not die or burn up in any way, shape or form. So I just have to assume that uh Sheik is an immortal god who is also um <laughs> omnipresent within the game. I was gonna go with Jedi. I mean Oh, that works too.
1: Oh, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I like Jedi. Well Sheik can also summon fire because yeah. when when uh Sheik runs away, you know, there's like that fire force field thing oh, that comes that's up. Right. Maybe it's the force. Who I knows? Love it. But but just so Link can't follow, because he's apparently very curious, he like reaches out to us. Yeah, that's true. I would be very curious. About I completely
0: this forgot about that. I, I always think of Sheik just doing the whole ninja smoke bomb thing, you know, but she does. Smoke she bomb. literally summons There's a ball of fire. Which is yep. super cool. Oh yeah, good for her. That yep. right, was awesome. Well, we had to go track down one of those terrifying great fairies and like <sighs> have it given to us and, and I guess she, she can just kind of do it. So that's special. Mm They're nightmare fuel for sure. And also uh, the little speech that she gives you uh, reminds me of my favorite phrase from our other one of our other favorite video game series, Destiny. So one of the common themes in Destiny is friend game is the end game. And Sheik's whole speech throughout the Bolero of Fire is the power of friendship. And literally the whole time Sheik was talking, I'm just sitting there thinking, (laughs) oh my God, friend game is the end game. You and I just play too much Destiny. That's all that is. I think anyone who really seriously plays Destiny plays. Is too much destiny way too much way too much <laughs> that has been part two which is our takes I want to move us into part three the dungeon map where we analyze this week's dungeon from mechanics to music and more Sam lead us off what do you think of the fire temple
1: sure I mean I the word that comes to mind in the fire temple is blocky I, like it's everything is sand toned or red mm-hmm. like fire red obviously yeah. and i think it's really interesting that basically fire slash magma is one of the enemies like the whole it the whole thing is a trap the whole temple yeah don't touch the ground and don't touch most of the walls and you a good. very
0: literal me uh definition of the game the floor is lava appropriate yes yeah
1: Although funnily, if you jump into the lava, you don't just no. Yeah, yeah, no, you good.
0: You kind of walk <laughs> on top of it. Poor Smeagol. He he didn't have the he didn't have a Goron tunic. Otherwise, no. he would have been fine. But yeah, I um, know, right? <laughs> he could have well, walked on the lava. No, yeah, Link just kind of like, no, this is good. I got this. He's he's like it's the this is fine meme. The dog <laughs> with, with, <laughs> the, with yep. the coffee mug and the rooms on fire. Exactly. <laughs> Great. He's He's gonna walk yeah. on lava for three seconds before taking a quarter of a heart damage. Right. Yeah. I, it's impressive. That is a really good observation, though, that I hadn't considered, but it's definitely true. There are a lot fewer enemies for you to fight in this dungeon. Like the Forest Temple, you had multiple Stalfos encounters. You had the Pose. You had the Wolfos. You had giant spiders, all that. And it's not like there's nothing in this dungeon. You do have two mini boss fights, which is cool. And you've Mm -hmm. got a few of those flaming skull dudes that are flying around. But for the most part... Ever-present fire keys. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. keys. But for the most part, it really is just like flaming walls and turrets that spit flames and, and rolling rocks.
1: Lots yeah, of rolling yeah. rocks, yeah. rolling
0: rocks. It's all environmental stuff, which you know, that's a good point. I think it, it it actually works really well, and it it feeds into the whole fantasy of this volcanic dungeon. So I'm sure that that was intentional. I, I like this dungeon. I do like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not in like my top 10 Zelda dungeons of all time, nah. but I do think it has, above all things, it has a great sense of scale. There's so many places in this dungeon where you're way up high and you're seeing way far down to a place that you've previously been. And it just creates this cool sense of continuity within the dungeon, like this giant cavern that's all connected. Yeah. Um, and that's really yep. cool until you fall down one of those holes. Uh, <sighs> and then,
1: can't get back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. you're just like, like, oh, that's 15 minutes. I'll never get back. Uh, I know yeah. the, the amount of switches you have to hit with bombs uh, so that you can then climb up the random, uh, most likely scalding hot chain lake fence that's for some reason there yeah, uh, right. is baffling. I think you do it like three or four times in this dungeon. You have to bomb the um, the diamond thing and turn off the big wall of fire surrounding uh, a chain link that you have to climb. Yeah, but that is one of the coolest uh, things about Zelda dungeon puzzle solving. And from the transition from 2D to 3D, because it's not enough just to put the bomb next to the switch and then it activates the switch and you go do the thing because you don't have time. If you just set the bomb there and then you climb up and try and do it that way, you don't have time to get there before the switch goes back off again. You have to get above the switch and drop the bomb and that cuts out the whole thing. So, you know, it's one of those fun puzzles in this game that really does mess around with 3D perspective and you couldn't have gotten away with in a link to the past for instance. That's a good point. Um, I think the other thing that I do really like about this dungeon is um, the ambiance of there's not exactly music in the dungeon, right It's more of just kind of a chanting or a humming. It feels very Indiana Jones in the temple of Doom in a lot of ways. Um, which I really appreciate because I actually really like that movie um, a lot of people I know don't but this this dungeon really brings me back to um, the temple of doom in a lot of ways not only just because of the fire but like the the almost aztec um, architecture all over the place the carvings um, the the enslavement of the gorons I guess you could call it um, I, I, I think it is a very The dungeon is better than I remember it being like I've always kind of when I look back at Ocarina of Time, I don't have super strong memories associated with the fire temple other than I was like dragons are cool and like that boss fight. (laughs) The entrance is awesome, but like other than that, I don't have a whole lot going for this dungeon like nostalgia wise. Yeah, I guess so in response to your comment about the music, this dungeon actually used to be a bit more musical than it is when we played it this time. Sam, do you know this story?
1: I do. And it's funny because uh, I mentioned earlier, I, I played Ocarina of Time for the first time. I think it was like 20, no, 2002, maybe. Uh, so a little bit late. So by the time I played it, I had the same music that we listened to on the 3DS. Um, but back in the day, when I used to download all my music off of LimeWire, Lime One. I just downloaded the- uh. <laughs> Download video games. You soundtracks. get viruses so, for free with the music. Yes, <laughs> uh, I don't know how many viruses I got, but I did get the Fire Temple soundtrack. Hey,
0: you wouldn't you wouldn't steal a car, Sam? N-
1: you're <laughs> correct about that. <laughs> <laughs> However, when it came to Zelda uh-huh. music. Um, but so that the song that I had downloaded that I had listened to along with the other Zelda songs was the original version. And the original version had, um, an additional track that was sampled in it. And it, it turned out to actually be a track of Islamic prayer. That Nintendo removed for obvious Ah, reasons. Yes, that
0: would be pretty obvious removal. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the first of two examples of like, I I think imagery or content that Nintendo didn't realize was Islamic in nature and thus insensitive to include in this game. Um, And we'll get to the other one later, back towards the end of the game. Is it in this game? Yeah. It's got to be in the spirit temple then. I mean, yes, it is. So that <laughs> that that almost even makes it worse because it's like, oh, yeah. it's the, the desert people. Let's <laughs> like put the. It's like, ooh, ooh you yeah, can't not, do that. Not great. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, and I actually kind of like the redone track better anyway. I think the original one sounds a little bit more sinister <laughs> to me. Which maybe that's like the yeah. intention. But
1: well, the original one does very specifically sound like there's people or creatures or something chanting. Yeah. And I think that uh, kind of it has a certain impact that doesn't necessarily follow through with the rest of the fire temple because there's not like large copious amounts of people somewhere hidden in the fire right. temple. So Fair. I think the new one works.
0: Yeah, it does. And, you know, one of the things that is kind of interesting about this temple is it's not it's not like sacrificial. It's not haunted. It's not. um
1: it's, it's not, not overtly, overtly people
0: it. It's not overtly magical in right. any way. It's just like a a dungeon that is inside a volcano with a dragon inside it. Like I, you don't need to get scarier than that, right? Like fire breathing dragon inside of a dungeon literally of fire. Mm-hmm. I think that is, you know, sums up a pretty spooky, well, creepy, terrifying dungeon by itself. So I, and I think they keep that pretty they keep that thread pretty well.
1: I think it's specifically creepy that Ganondorf has put the Grons in there as like meals Mm. (laughs) for the dragon.
0: I would say that that's maybe the most sinister thing that Ganondorf does in the entire game.
1: It's pretty yeah, bad. like
0: resurrecting armies of undead is pretty uh, par for the course for most evil sorcerers, <laughs> right? But like, I don't think very many people just like imprisons their enemies to be a meal for a fire breathing dragon. <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah, I was gonna say you're only a little evil when you when you try some necromancy, but when you get into like the feeding of live people to, to beasts, dragons, then it's a whole yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I do want to give a shout out to Darunia. That dude has cojones he is going after the literal like apex predator of his species with nothing but his bare hands like he didn't even try to go find the hammer he was just like nah i'm gonna go try to kill this dragon before it eats my people and i'm just gonna go in there with my massive fists and i'm like dude you do you man like i that is impressive obviously he doesn't succeed but like props where they're due
1: I would like to point out that in that room, so that's one of the first rooms that you enter when you meet Darunia in the temple. Mm-hmm. And you meet him, and he says, great, you're here. Like, it's so nice to see you. I want to have a chat man-to-man, but, like, I got to go. I got to go do this thing. <laughs> Why don't you go rescue the the Gorons that are trapped around here? I'm going to go get a head start. And he goes into the boss room, locks the door behind him so you can't even follow him like you got to go find the key yourself and he's like five feet from one of the gorons that he just had to press a button to rescue (laughs) he was closer than you were in the in that room It's a
0: master delegator yeah so i had that in my notes is all like go free my people they're in the opposite direction and that one goron sitting over in the corner like yo (laughs) hey hey, (laughs) right here still here yeah (laughs) what am i chopped liver And that's a great point. Like, Hey, Doridia, you be a bro, leave the key. I don't know. That'd be great. So that's one (laughs) of the notes that I had is like, this, I think is the only dungeon that I can think of in Zelda where you walk in and like the first room you go into, if you go into the door on the bottom, you see the boss key, but you can't get to it. The second room you go into is the boss room. Like it has the boss door. Like it's all just right there. It's kind of a tease. Most definitely. So, you know what the other thing about this dungeon is? Uh, tell What? It is the home of possibly the most useless item in this entire game. Uh, yeah. I just don't like it looks so cool. It's a giant hammer. Uh, and I get that you can use it as a weapon, but it's not preferable. No, it does the same other weapon that you no. have. It does the same damage as the master sword. Hey. Listen! Editing Mike! Hey everybody! Just wanted to jump in real quick with a note on this. Matthew is correct that the Megaton Hammer does the same amount of damage as the Master Sword does, but one thing that we did overlook, and I noticed this in the Temple, forgot to mention it in the episode— One thing that the Megaton Hammer is good for is that you can use it to flip certain enemies over, the Tektites, the little spidery dudes, um, and then also the uh, fire slugs that are in this temple if you use the hammer on the ground. Anywhere near either of those guys, they'll flip over and you can kill them more easily. Also, an interesting note from zelda.fandom.com is that the Megaton Hammer, if you use it on the ground near a wall where there's uh, a like the wall sculculas that crawl around and you have to shoot them down with your with your bow if you use the hammer on the ground near one of those walls then these sculculas will fall off and die so i still don't know if that's like preferable to just having your bow out which you probably already do and taking care of it that way but good information to have regardless yeah and the literal only thing you can use it for in this game is hitting those rusty switches or uh, like okay, occasionally you hit some blocks or something. Yeah, stones, there's, there's some like, rocks that you have to break with the hammer. And technically it can replace bombs because it can do everything a bomb can do, except, you know, the time to detonation. But. Sure. But I mean, let's put it up against the other dungeon items we get, even as adult link. I mean, fairy yeah, bow, long shot, Pegasus boot or uh, hover, boots, hover boots, mirror shield. Oh, I love the mirror shield. And this is just like, yeah. hey, here's a hammer. It's yeah. cool. Trust us. It's a very weird looking hammer, too. <laughs> it's very. I don't know. This is the the weight looks like it would be distributed oddly.
1: Uh, it looks like a meat mallet. Yes. Yep. Oh, meat it tenderizer. Does.
0: That's what it looked like. I was trying to think of it for a very long time. <laughs> the <laughs> gore on meat tenderizer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it could be used for that if you really wanted to.
0: Technically, very tenderized Boltegius' face. So Durnia's like, yeah. hey, can you leave that in my room? I want to. I want to make a brisket later. Pound, pound some chicken tenders okay but okay but this leads me into my next question which is what happens to Darunia when he goes in that room does he die I assume he gets eaten I mean like uh, just, that's sad I, I mean, right? I, I mean kind of, you kind of have to assume <laughs> that the sages all die, right like I think that's the assumption that is made is that the sages all go into their temples to try to break the curses by themselves and end up dying and their spirits become the sage of the temple at least that's the assumption I've always made. I never had until you just said it, but it makes complete sense because they all go try to they they try to kill the boss and they all go out like a punk. And yeah. then you just meet them in like Zelda heaven, basically. I mean, more or less. That's what I always assumed because, you know, that carries over into Twilight Princess, right? Where the sages who try to steal Ganondorf away all have the symbols of the medallions as you get in Ocarina of Time. Different timeline, bro. No, it's all in the child timeline. We're in the adult timeline. Oh, that's a good point. Never mind. Ignore me. I mean, yeah, the point being like those sages are obviously dead people. Like they're all glowy oh, yeah. and spirity. So like you would assume these sages would also be dead people. Well, and the sages at the end of the game in the final cutscene definitely have a very like Obi-Wan Kenobi force ghost thing going on. Okay, uh before we move out of the dungeon map, Sam or Matt, do either of you guys have anything else that like last word on the fire temple? Yeah, we have to talk about the boss. We have, we no- have to do that, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we have we haven't talked about the boss at all. <laughs> okay, but Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. We do. We do. But also the reason that didn't immediately occur to me is because this boss fight kind of sucks. Yeah. Actually fighting this boss is way less cool than the promotional art for this video game made it look like it was going to be. Oh, dude, that -hmm. is true. The promotional art of Link, like getting ready to do a spin attack with Volvagia, like circling him. That was really cool. Promo art. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, what did you think of our wonderful boss fight?
1: It's fine. I think the design is cool, but like it's not particularly exciting in any way. You just wait for him to pop up out of the one of the holes and you hit him and ta-da. Yeah. Well
0: and I feel like I feel like the flow of this boss fight causes it to go on for so long. Because you mm-hmm. have to you have to hit her when she comes up, and then she goes and flies around and does has an immunity phase. And then you have to do that like eight more times. And then the boss is dead mm-hmm. and it all
1: because you can only get two hits. Yes. In, max. Yeah.
0: And she never really varies anything. I guess like the most you get is you have whack-a-mole phase one and then she tries to fake you out by like, oh, there's some fire over in this other one. But wait, I'm over here. And then you're like, OK, all these holes are close enough together that I can you know go back and forth super easily. And it's still whack-a-mole. And then then she does go up to the ceiling and try to drop some rocks on you. Which is really the most creative that she gets in the whole fight. And I'm just like, can you please just come down here so I can hit you in the face again and finish this up? Because you're really not doing much for me. Which is disappointing, given she has one of the coolest boss entrances in the game. Like, Oh, yeah. And then she's like, boom, fire eruption and fire dragon. Like, I mean, you know, fire dragon. Like, that can't be hard to make a cool boss fight with a fire dragon. Okay, so I'm going to pull this into a little subsection here titled a checkup on Linden's three heart, no death run. Oh, please do. tell How oh. did it go? So I had a fairy. Ah, uh, you semi cheated mm. a little bit. I told myself up front that I was only going to allow myself three fairies the entire time I was playing this game. And I Swear. just used my first one. So I, why didn't you save it for the water temple boss? That water temple boss, dude, I, I didn't me. do it on purpose. Okay. Well, fair the,
1: enough. <laughs> you know, can't really help that at
0: that point. Yeah. Yeah. So her fire attack, like when she's actually Mm -hmm. breathing fire. Yeah. I don't know how many hearts of damage that does to you, but it certainly does more than three because it was insta-kill. Wow. Wow. I I mean, I never get hit by it, so I don't know.
1: Well, I'll say I, I mean, so I had to kind of get used to the controls again. And I was thinking the whole time while I was playing If I was doing a three heart run, like I would have died so many times to so many stupid things because like I was getting hit by keys that I didn't realize were right next to me (laughs) or uh, jumping into the fire. And I ended um, the Lovagia battle with two hearts left out of uh, 12. I have 12 heart containers in my game. So I would have died a lot of times with the three heart challenge.
0: Because it's pretty easy to avoid the rocks. Yeah. But if you if you get to her too slowly when she pops up, then you get swiped. Yes, that's true. And mm-hmm. So she gets you a lot doing that. Um, and then when she comes out and she's just circling and doing the breathing fire attack, she actually does track you pretty aggressively. Like you have hey, to, yeah. You, yeah. you have to maintain a very consistent like leftward turn <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole time. Otherwise, she'll get you as as I, she did me. I guess that's fair. So anyway, just in the sake of full transparency, uh, used a fairy. Well, that's.
1: One fairy That's again. one of
0: three that I'm allowing myself, so. You're going to use the other two on the Water Temple boss fight, because that I, boss no. is a pain. I, I don't remember Morpha being that bad. I hate that boss. Although, I think, personally, but, uh, Bongo Bongo is the uh, most difficult boss in the game. Yes, that's my recollection as well. It's It's been probably seven plus years since I played this game, so I am totally open to being wrong. But that's that's my recollection. Well, that was some great discussion, guys. I'm going to actually take us out of the dungeon map now. Now that we've actually talked about the full yes. dungeon, That's fine. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. That takes us on to part four, where we talk side quests, and I think this is going to be a pretty short one because my understanding is that Matt didn't. I did a couple. Okay. So I did I got the large quiver from the uh, shooting gallery. I did have a little harder time with the shooting gallery than I did with the slingshot one, because obviously the rupees come at random instead of uh, pre slated. So the, the little trackpad thing that you use is very slow. I will admit it. I was you know originally all about the oh, my God, I hate the motion controls. I still didn't use them. Because I do still hate them. But the trackpad on the 3DS is very, very slow. I wish you could bump that sensitivity up. Yeah, just so we're keeping track of this at home. uh, Matthew... The guy who Skyward Sword is his favorite Zelda game doesn't like the motion controls. It's because you're holding the entire 3DS. <laughs> like whenever you're moving motion controls in Skyward Sword, you're not moving the screen at the same time. When you're playing on the 3DS, you're like moving the whole screen and it's screwing up your field of view. That's why I don't like it. It has um, nothing to do with actually it has nothing to do with motion controls. It right. has to do with moving the whole 3DS. And yes, you're gonna have to bleep that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got the large quiver I beat um, Malin's horse racing um, And she gave me the cow In my house Which I still think is hilarious Linden has a very confused look on his face So I'm assuming he's never beaten Malin's obstacle course You can get a cow? Yeah, dude So go back to Lon Lon Ranch Talk to Malin And after after you free Epona Go back, okay. talk to Malin And I think you actually have to get Talon back to the ranch as well I'm not sure. I did that before I went and did the horse racing. So I'm not sure if it's a prerequisite or not. Oh, so you're in the Big Goron quest right now. I mean, more or less. I didn't actually start that. I just got Talon back to the ranch. Okay. Um, so I got Talon back to the ranch. Then I went over there just to like see what he was doing. And Ingo's over there being all happy again. Like, oh, I'm such a good worker. And I'm like, dude, you're still a dick. <laughs> um And then I talked to Malin and she was like, do you want to do the obstacle course? And honestly, I've never done the obstacle course before. So I was like, I don't even know what that is, but okay, So I did that. Beat it. Um, It's really super easy. Literally, you just take a Pona in a a line around the circuit, uh, around the horse track twice. And you have to jump some fences and that's it. And if you beat her time, um, she gives you a cow in your Kakariko and your Kokiri village house. And you can go get an infinite amount of lamon milk from your own cow. Well, that is a great piece of information to have. Um, man, cows really make it around in this game, don't they? They really do. They're everywhere. In holes, up ladders, <laughs> I'm pretty whatever. sure you find one in the ice cavern at some point. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a hole in the ice cavern in this next section of the game where there's a cow. I'm gonna go look for it and if it's not there, I'm gonna be a little sad because my memory is telling I me. I
1: think there is one. Yeah, you yes. sounds very familiar. Thank you, Sam.
0: All right. We're we're gonna hold Matt Well,
1: watch us both be We're gonna we're gonna hold Matt
0: and Sam accountable to that information <laughs> next it. week. Okay, um cool. and then the uh only other thing I did other than start very technically the big Goron Sword quest is I got the uh expanded magic meter bar. So I cheated a little bit because after I got after I finished the Fire Temple, that uh, Great Fairy Fountain is literally right over there, and you have to have the Megaton hammer to get into it. So I was just like, screw it. And I went over there, got the giant magic meter bar, and then turned it off. You know, so. Matt, we have very few rules on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to give me crap about that. But uh-huh. look, I just didn't want to go all the way back up to Death Mountain Crater, okay? Well, you know, you have a song for that. <sighs> Again, I probably would have forgotten. And since I'm going for a hundred percent playthrough, I was just like, I'm here, so why not do it? Okay. <laughs> so I the big one that I did was the Lawn Lawn Ranch thing. I did yeah. do the shooting gallery. I did not. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you guys are gonna be able to hear this in the recording, but it just started pouring cats and dogs outside at our house right now. I
1: can hear something. It's I rain. It. On and the roof. I I saw in the video in the video chat we have going. I saw lightning behind oh, you yeah. at some it's, point. Oh
0: yeah, it's thunderstorming crazy here in Texas right now. Yeah, so we're, uh, goo- Guru Guru played the song and now it's all coming down. Oh, see, I got that one too. I was, I think I got that last week. I don't remember, okay, but yes. Okay, cool. He did. Sam, if we lose power, I'm really sorry. It's okay. Been real. Yeah. Um So I did the shooting gallery. I did not get this one in one because I was playing it in the car. Oh, yeah, so your motion controls got real jacked up. Yeah, so <laughs> I think, yeah, my wife was driving and I think there was like a an 18-wheeler in the next lane who was coming over too close and I was going for that last shot and Colleen <laughs> swerved the car just a little bit and the arrow just goes like, <laughs> off <laughs> into like, the side. <laughs> oh, man, okay. <laughs> That's all it takes. Awesome, yeah, physics. Um, So, but yeah, did the Lon Lon Ranch stuff. I just want to say for the rest of my life, any time before I embark on any kind of sporting endeavor, which you never do, which is not going to happen a lot, but whenever <laughs> it does happen, I'm going to start off with that little shout that Ingo does.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if you ever ride a You're horse, game, you have now. to ride like Link with your right hand out stressed for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Well, that's just it's how you do it. it.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh. I guess yeah, he is.
0: He's geez. prepping it to smack opponent, I guess. Well, no, because
1: they're carrots. So you're not like hitting. No, but he does. He carrots. just like, rips, like spanks
0: the, the horse, which
1: is. I How is the carrot coming into play? <laughs> whatever? <laughs> we'll just assume that somehow it feeds Epona a carrot when you do that.
0: Can uh, can any equestrian e- equestrian like <laughs> inclined individual listening to this podcast? I'm sure there's one of you uh ride into us and let us know if you can spank a horse and feed it a carrot simultaneously. <laughs> and if and if that's a done thing. I mean we could always ask
1: Well, on its back. Yes. Yeah. We could thing? always
0: ask mom. She was in the rodeo when she was in high school. No, I'm trying no, to that was I'm tri- Gina. Dude, I'm trying to build listener engagement and mom listens no matter what. <laughs> oh well that's fair. Our yeah. mommy loves I'm that. trying to engage <laughs> I'm trying to engage with that <laughs> Venn diagram of equestrians which overlaps with gamers, you know? Which is I'm trying to find the album's like- chunk. Very yeah. small. <laughs> There's got to be someone. And if they if there is someone out there, I guarantee you they named at least one of the horses that they have ever had or ridden Epona. Well, that's just yeah. a given. That's just implied. I hope so. If yeah. you haven't and you're listening to this podcast and you own horses and one of them is not named Epona, I just want you to know I'm disappointed in you. So I want to end the side quest section of the discussion by just saying that I don't understand Ingo's endgame here like no he locks you in the ranch and that's cool he keeps a pona but it's totally not cool but it's also not like feasible like what was his no. plan like he's gonna board you and feed you until one of you dies i mean i think he's gonna <laughs> feed the horse <laughs> and not you well that's fair <laughs> i'm just saying the plan was not very well thought out no not at know? all and also like you would assume that a horse would be able to break down that gate fairly easily. Horses are ridiculously strong animals. Well, I think also maybe Ingo just wanted a roommate, right? like he's Ingo just oh. wants someone to love him. yeah, it's
1: just misunderstood totally yeah. yeah. poor guy.
0: <laughs> poor one out for Ingo and his uh, or his, don't his social life or don't yeah. or don't. um that has been part four where we talk about side quests. Wait did Sam do any side quests?
1: Well, I just start. Although I'll give myself a pat on the back from 2013, Sam, who saved the file in the first place, because I was very impressed that I had um, all of the optional Ocarina songs up to that point, and I had a full Giants wallet and a Hattie pot. Oh man, I did yeah, good. You, yeah, you did. got a lot yeah. done. I was prior about to say, dungeon. I set myself up. Apparently, I think you're
0: actually further along than I am because I don't. I don't think I have 12 hearts at that point. I have everything else you just described, but I don't think I have 12 full hearts.
1: I think I was going for 100% one, yeah. and then I just get I
0: know up, that, apparently. so I'm saving most of the adult link side quests for after I get the long shot, because I find it extremely frustrating to try to go do something, and then the hook shot just doesn't work, and I'm like, okay, screw this. So that's what I'm saving a lot. So uh, the episode leading up to the Shadow Temple, I think, is going to be pretty heavy on side quests for yep. me. Yep, that sounds about right. Okay, this is part five, Z-targeting, where we lock on to... Fascinating characters or enemies that we happen to cross. And Sam, if you've got one teed up, I'm gonna let you go first.
1: Oh, I gotta think about it. Sure, time. there's not, not a whole time I'm to gonna make friend. Matt
0: go first. Yeah, there really aren't. <laughs> no, there's not.
1: But I, I think I would give it to Link the Goron for being such a trooper mm-hmm. and mm, sticking it out uh, while his dad was like off fighting this. This dragon and then his dad never comes back and he doesn't even get sad about that. He's just kind of like, yeah, well, glad he helped. <laughs> so good job, Link the Goron.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think Link the Goron must be a Boy Scout. Um, he clearly subscribes to the always prepared mentality because he carries around human clothes, ne- never knowing when he might run into a human <laughs> that he can give them to. That's weird yeah.
1: And he's like, he's the only one that sets you up for the fire temple. Like if you if he didn't give you I mean, you could get the tunic, but it's nice that you get it for free from him.
0: Very true. I think it's 300 rupees in the uh, Goron uh, store. So don't lose that to the like likes. Licklicks. What are they called? I think it's like likes. It's it's like likes. -likes. But that makes me wonder if the designers, because technically you don't have to talk to link the Goron in order to go off to the fire. Yes, you do. Because Darunia's room is closed. And you can't get to the fire temple right. except for the statue behind the ruin. You can go up room. the mountain, mm. yeah. But the 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 stones that are down there are big Goron stone or uh, Megaton Hammer stones, not bombable stones. Oh, okay, you're right. So yeah, uh. you, you have to because I tried, uh, and I know that because I tried. I um, I mean, I knew that the statue was there, but I was honestly just curious if I could go up and around um through, uh, Death Mountain Crater and. I like I knew that the stone path was over there because I I wandered around there as kid link for like 30 seconds looking for that gold sculpture that's in that box. So I just kind of wandered around for a bit. But um, anyway, so I went up there and I did try to go that direction since I was already over there. And uh, you cannot bomb those stones that are right there. They're uh, Megaton hammer stones. Okay, good pro tip. Which, by the way, uh, that was a note that I did take was how the hell are you supposed to know to move that statue? (laughs) Like <laughs> that is just like the most random thing in the world. There is no clue whatsoever that you're supposed to go into Darunia's room. Cause Link the Goron tells you that his dad is not there. Like he went to the fire temple. Like, okay, well, uh, Death Mountain Crater's up there, and he just gave me a Goron tunic that can survive heat, so maybe I should go up there. But you can't get there. So, like, what <sighs> yeah, not very clear. These are the questions I don't have answers to. I don't even remember how we did it the first time. I mean, I assume you did it for me because I was like five at the time. And yeah. I was like, Linda, I don't know where to go. And then I know, love I love five year old Matthew voice. It's one of my favorite recurring bits. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> one of these days, I'm going to I'm going to bet you something and you're going to lose it and you're going to have to do a whole episode. Of I will absolutely not do that. We will lose so many listeners because that voice is annoying. Hey, Matt, hey, you what? may not know how you're supposed to know to move the statue to get to Death Mountain Crater. Correct. You know what you can tell me? Who my character of choice was? Yeah. Okay. Um, Hmm. I would normally, if I was being... not in a weird mood. Go with Darunia because I think he's awesome. But I'm actually going to go with the poor guy who sits on the roof of the house in Kakariko Village and gets knocked <laughs> off his perch whenever Death Mountain uh, erupts and the the curse lifts. That poor dude. He's just sitting there chilling, having a nice day, watching the really cool Ring of Fire around Death Mountain. And all of a sudden, he's just like almost falls off the roof to his death. Feel sorry for <laughs> that guy because I fell off a roof one time. Not a fun experience. Are you okay? I mean, I'm fine, but I feel for that guy. We have a spiritual connection now. Okay, so he's my character. He's my character of choice. I've never fallen off a roof. That's because Dad never made you get up on the roof to put up the Christmas lights because you're a wimp. It's called being the first child. Mm. They love me more. (laughs) That's accurate. (laughs) Okay, I was gonna take Link the Gore on, but Sam beat me to it. So sorry. I'm yeah. Well done. So I'm actually going to go Darunia because I I, I almost put him just because he he really is one of my favorite secondary characters in this game. Personality is cool. He's just Mm -hmm. a nice guy. Um, He's he's ready to go save some people. He's just got a good attitude about things. He's that guy at the gym who like offers to spot you. Like, you don't have to ask them. He just sees you over there, like, trying to lift some weight. And he's like, hey, brother, you want me to spot you? I've I've got some time. And he's, like, gives you some pointers at the same time. That's Darunia. And I love that about him. Those people at the gym intimidate the heck out of me. And I don't get that vibe from Darunia. But maybe that says more about me than it does anything else. I would say it does. Okay. Because those people are normally really cool. When they offer to spot you, they're like, hey, brother, you need a spot on that? Like, if they say it in a cool way not being a uh, rude person about it, then uh, like they're pretty neat. Hey, Matt, have you ever had a rando spot you at the gym and they ended up being your sworn brother? I have never uh, formed a sworn brothership (laughs) with a rando spot me at the gym. That has yet to happen. It's my goal in life to become a sworn brother with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who uh, Darunia does remind me of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. So, wow. Well, it's good to aim high. (laughs) I know it will never happen, but that man, I love him. He's amazing. Okay, this has been Z targeting, where we locked onto some fascinating characters. I'm going to move on to part six, which is just our final thoughts. Um, hmm. You always get to do this, Sam. Give us one sentence oh, tying up this section of the game. I'm going to deprive Matthew of, of that of that privilege this
1: week. Oh, fine. One sentence
0: or two. Um, I normally stretch it to two.
1: One or two sentences. Okay.
0: Semicolons. The Fire
1: Temple. The Fire Temple and everything leading up to it is straightforward, but presents strong world building, very strong atmospheric uh value for the game, and is generally enjoyable.
0: That's it. Hey, that that was a, a round of <laughs> That was a fantastic specimen of a sentence. That was the, the structure you. was great. Yeah. I think there was a semicolon in there somewhere, which I always appreciate.
1: I do a lot of Twitter, so I'm good at <laughs> short <laughs> statements.
0: Good. The hot takes. All right. Well, that yep. has been the Sacred Realms rundown. We will, of course, be back next week with another Sacred Realms rundown, which will be covering the water, water temple. temple and all the wonderful stuff that goes along with that. I actually do have a listener mail that I want to get into real quick before we all peace out of here for tonight. Um, as I said earlier, if you have a question or an observation, or if you want to tell us just how wrong we actually are about something, head over to patreon.com slash where cookery sword patrons and above can write into the show. This week, Drew Spayberry writes in and says, all right, guys, listener question number two. You both seem to have an affinity For the 3D Legend of Zelda games, as both of you listed a 3D entry as your favorite. But what's your favorite 2D top-down game in the franchise? Personally, I'm partial to the Link's Awakening remake, but I'd love to hear you guys' opinions. Matt, you go first. Favorite top-down Zelda? Oh, this one's actually really easy for me. Minish Cap. I love the Minish Cap. I think it is a fantastically fun game. The art direction is bright and light colored. Um, Enzo, the hat is, in my opinion, hilarious. Um, I think that game the the mechanic of shrinking and growing to get in and out of different places is really interesting. Um, overall, and and the the main bad guy Vati. The, the fact that the main bad guy is not Ganondorf is actually one of the things I genuinely enjoy about a lot of the um, 2D Zelda games. Like, uh, you know, having the same main bad guy and over over and over again can get a little, uh, I don't want to say boring, but repetitive, maybe. So the fact that Vati, uh, the Dark Sorcerer, is the main bad guy, I, the whole game, I just very much enjoy. So Minish Cap for me. Cool. Sam, what is your favorite top down Zelda game?
1: I think this counts. I'm going to say Link Between Worlds. Definitely, Definitely counts. counts. Um, I think Link Between Worlds is in my top five. I, I actually have a list, so I know it's it's my number three game. Um, it has my favorite song of any Zelda game, the Lural Castle song, because it scales as you go through the castle into this like incredible epic mm-hmm. like final. Battle, sequence, the whole thing. I just really love Link Between Worlds, and it's it's good game design. So, final answer.
0: So, Link Between Worlds actually does that with two pieces of music as you're playing it, and one of them is Low Castle. It's really cool. The other one is when you step out of the final dungeon. And you're ready to go beat the game. The Dark World theme kicks into like overdrive and it's ultra hype Mm -hmm. Dark World theme, which was already a great song. Having never having never played Link Between Worlds. uh, Actually, I did play like 10 minutes of it at one point, some point in time. I'm very excited to play that one of our top down Zelda games. That's one I think I'm most excited about to play for the first time in the top down world. Sam, did you ever go to any of the Symphony of the Goddesses shows?
1: I went to three of them. Oh,
0: I'm jealous. jealous. You've got me beat by one. I went twice. I went twice as well.
1: I live I live directly in between Boston, New York City, and Providence. So I've seen two in New York and one in Providence. And one was before it changed. I don't even remember why it changed. I think it was before they added the Skyward Sword soundtrack and then after mm-hmm. or Wind Waker HD. I think that's what it was, Wind Waker H D. They they changed it around a little bit at some point.
0: So the last time that I went, they had added a Link Between Worlds slash Triforce Heroes medley. That's when we went together. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't give two craps about Triforce Heroes. I'm not interested in that <laughs> game at all. But I love Link Between Worlds as well. And they had that Little Real Castle theme in the whole musical arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. And it was great. It was so good. I remember that vividly because like the obviously like the first half of that one was mostly Skyward Sword Ocarina of Time and like one or two Majora's Mask songs in there, Wind Waker, and then like the last quarter or a third maybe was just Triforce Heroes and Link Between Worlds again I've never played either of those games so like they didn't have any emotional connection to me but I definitely remember being very impressed with the musical score of Link Between Worlds mm. and obviously Lyndon's sitting next to me going oh my God this is from that part of the game and I'm like dude I haven't played it I don't know Um, but the first one no no chill no the, chill whatsoever oh no not at all so the <laughs> first one I went to is Jackson and I my young our younger brother we went to one in San Antonio Um, Lyndon was supposed to go with me but he backed out so I took Jackson. Jackson, instead, I don't remember why you backed out. I'm sure it was Man. probably a bad reason, but uh, I mean, unless it had to do with Colleen and then it was fine. But anyway, I feel, I feel retroactively bad about this. <laughs> so Jackson and I <laughs> went to uh, symphony of the goddesses in San Antonio. And that was when they were doing uh, basically entirely Ocarina of time, Majora's mask, wind waker, a little bit of twilight princess. And then like the last full half of it was skyward sword. And I was just like, melting in my seat the entire time. <laughs> it was amazing. Okay. So, my answer I've got an answer and then I have a super strong runner up. My answer is also the Link's Awakening remake or just Link's Awakening in general. Um Link's Awakening was the first video game that I was ever given and like owned myself. I had played video games before this, but um when I was 6 my parents took me on an international trip and so that I wouldn't raise hell on the flight. They bought me a Game Boy Pocket and Link's Awakening and I just fell in love. I love that game so much. It means a lot of very special things to me. So then when Nintendo announced uh, in 2019, I think, in the, in their Nintendo Direct that year that they were remaking Link's Awakening and then they showed off the art style that was accompanying it. I c- could not have been more thrilled. And I think that it's one of the maybe the best remake that has ever happened in in the history of the Zelda series so far. It's this perfect balance of honoring exactly what the original thing was, but also updating it in a great way and just polishing everything about it that that could be polished and I I love it. I mean, Link's Awakening is such a special game and I've played it many times and when we come back around to it, I'm going to be excited to play it again. I would Can't have wait. a strong inkling that that's probably going to be our next one. I think Link to the Past is probably going to be our next one. Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, interesting. I will bet you uh a cigar that uh, our next one will be a Link uh, a Link's Awakening. Okay, it's got to be more than a $10 cigar, though. Okay, fine. Cool. So, Sam, before we get out of here, you've mentioned it once or twice, and I'm I'm kind of on the edge of my seat over here now, just wondering, what is your top five list that you've got sitting over there? Ooh, now I'm
1: Oh, my top five list. So, I already said number one is Wind Waker, so I'll go from one down. So, number one, Wind Waker. Number two, Ocarina of Time. Fair. Ta-da. Cool. Um three, Link Between Worlds, four, Skyward Sword, and five is Breath of the Wild.
0: Okay. I was wondering Turn. if Breath of the Wild was gonna make that list at all.
1: It did. And this is what that's probably one of the ones that depending on like what I play the most recently, it might get bumped off for something else. Like I go back and forth. I think my number six was Majora's Mask. And so I go back and forth on whether that deserves to be within the top five or not. I don't know, it all moves around,
0: but yeah, that's fair. I, I think I would have to say that our top five moves around a fair bit. Breath of the Wild, Wind Waker, and Majora's Mask never leave my top five, and and usually Link's Awakening doesn't either. I think the only ones that are always staples in my top five are Skyward Sword, Majora's Mask, and ocarina of time i think are the only ones that really stay consistently in my top five
1: and it's so interesting how much it varies from person to person like i had posted my top 10 somewhere on tiktok on twitter wherever and you'll get some people who cannot believe that like my number 10 pick isn't my number one Mm -hmm. pick and other people who are like incredibly insulted that my number one pick is anywhere near the top five like It's crazy how different people are when it comes to Zelda games. Yeah.
0: The one that I keep noticing is that there seems to be a very clear delineation between Skyward Sword people and Twilight Princess people. I think that's totally accurate. So because the the games are somewhat similar just because they're both 3D adult link games that are fairly lengthy. Um, But the tone and feel are just almost complete opposites. So like it's I think there's a lot there to to just I mean obviously they're very dissimilar games and and some you know pretty important ways but yeah um, I don't I don't know if the polar opposite of Wind Waker is Twilight Princess no I don't know I don't know if the polar opposite of Twilight Princess is Wind Waker or Skyward Sword but it's one of those it's, it's got to be one of those two for sure yeah well excellent um Sam. We really appreciate you coming on and doing this. This has been a great time.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. We'll uh, love talking about Zelda. Well, well don't worry. We'll
0: hit you up for uh, for a future episode and we'll do this all again some other time. It'll be great.
1: Yeah, sure. Love to. And
0: everybody, don't forget, go follow Sam on Twitter. Uh, At NintendoFan. YouTube. Girl. Yeah, I'm sure that if you listen to this podcast, there's a really good chance you already do. So <laughs> but if you haven't, go do it because um the stuff that she makes is is really great. Just today she posted okay. or posted a hilarious video of someone who did the Pokemon theme song and they like took it way too seriously. Honestly, one of the funniest videos on Twitter I've seen in a hot minute. So if you want some funny memes and videos, go check it out. Well, that.
1: I'm a very good curator of memes. That's true.
0: <laughs> oh man. We we appreciate people like you, Sam.
1: <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well, if you enjoyed today's show and you would like a little extra Sacred Realms in your life, you can head over to patreon.com slash sacred realms pod and you can become a patron. If you ain't got no rupees, it is not a problem. Five-star Apple Podcast reviews are a great way to support us or a review wherever you get your podcast. More reviews means that more people see our show, and that makes us very, very happy Hylians. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Sacred Realms Pod for updates on the podcast and behind-the-scenes action. I said follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Feel free to follow us on both if you're feeling feisty. (laughs) Sacred Realms will be back next Wednesday with our thoughts on Ocarina of Time from the Ice Cavern through the Water Temple, and I am actually... Hey, Matt, guess what? Oh, what? I'm prepared to announce the guest that we're having on next week's episode. Oh, do we get to tell everybody finally who our next yes. guest is next week? We will be joined by Max Nichols, who is a gameplay designer at Bungie. And he's yeah. going to be talking through with us exactly why the water temple is so notorious within uh really video game culture in general. Yeah. So Max has got a lot of deep, knowledge about the legend of Zelda. And it's not even necessarily just fan knowledge. I mean, he is a very big fan of Zelda, but he has a lot of very technical and, um, I guess inside baseball knowledge on just game design in general. So we're going to be able to have a conversation with him about the water temple from that perspective, like from a game design perspective, why do people butt up against it so much? And we're actually gonna, we're going to have our regular episode covering the water temple which is going to be free to everybody as usual. And then we're actually going to have a bonus episode that we're going to record after that episode where we just kind of let Max take us down the trail of game design and get more specific in the water temple from that perspective. So um, that should be a whole lot of fun. Again, please head on over to our Patreon. If you want to get that bonus content, that episode is going to be absolutely killer. Matt and I have already committed to to not talking about Destiny with him, and it's going to be so <laughs> it's hard. It's going to be very hard. We're both huge fans of Destiny, in case it wasn't obvious from our earlier commentary. Um, but no, this is going to be a really fun time. And also, we're going to record a bonus episode uh, after this as well, where I get to take the helm and take us into the dark world. And we're going to have a lot of fun. So Yeah, we're going to be living in the twilight zone. Matt, uh, <laughs> Matt's running the show. The inmates are running the asylum, whatever. I get one you- a season. <laughs> yeah so that's going to be a great time so yeah bonus episodes they're great head over to the Patreon and you can get you can get those we cover a lot of great ground we'd love for you to play along with us and to share your thoughts on our social channels Ocarina of Time can be played on the Nintendo 3DS or 2DS or of course on your old uh, trusty N64 again Wii U Gamepad you can do it but don't <laughs> definitely don't in the meantime may your hearts be full And may your arrows never miss. We will catch you guys next time. Sacred Realms is an independent podcast production, which is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lyndon Willoughby. Our music comes from Zelda and Chill by Mikkel and is graciously provided to us by Mikkel and GameChops Records. Zelda and Chill is available to stream on Spotify or to purchase directly from GameChops.com. Finally, Our thanks go to Nintendo for creating such exceptional and innovative experiences. Bye!